before the goodness starts flowing, I want to welcome you to the STR Sisterhood, real life stories from real life women in the short-term rental industry. I'm your host, Stacey St. John, ex-corporate girl who discovered how to replace her six-figure salary through short-term rentals and who now has the pleasure of helping others do the same. On this show, we talk to real women in the short-term rental space about their journeys and how they've managed to turn their STR dreams into reality. If you're an ambitious woman who's looking to build a successful short-term rental business, you are in the right place, sister. Welcome to another episode of the STR Sisterhood. This is your host, Stacey St. John, and as always, you know, I'm going to start off and say thank you. I feel like every time I record a podcast episode, I just have this immense sense of gratitude that I even have the opportunity to be invited into your day. So just thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast episode, and I really, really hope it brings you value this week and every week. Now, before we dive into today's episode, you know, girl, I'm going to share a quote with you that I recently read that resonated with me. And this quote says, you don't make progress by standing on the sidelines, whimpering and complaining. You make progress by implementing ideas. And those wonderfully profound words were delivered by Shirley Chisholm. Now, I have to admit, I had to look up Shirley Chisholm's name to find out who she was and what an inspiring lady. She was the first African-American woman in Congress and was the first woman and African-American to seek the nomination for president of the United States from one of the two major political parties. Evidently, that occurred in 1972, just before I was born. So anywho, isn't that so cool that women were making waves in the political scene back in the 60s and 70s and surely definitely paved the way for the women in politics today? Now, you know, I'm not here to talk about politics, but I just think that is so super cool. All right, so in today's episode, I am excited to introduce you to Rose Tipka. You are just going to flip when you hear how she got started in the short-term rental space. But Rose is a homeschooling mom of six who has found success in this amazing industry, even though her journey started out a little bumpy. So without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into my conversation with Rose. So today I am sitting down with Rose Tipka. And Rose, before we dive into our conversation, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for having me. Now, I'm not sure if everybody knows this, but we are both from Ohio. And we're both from Ohio. There's something that we're culturally obligated to do. Otherwise, they take our Ohio card. So I'll go first. I'm sure you know what to do. O-H- I-O. There we go. Okay. They'll, they'll keep us a little longer. That's right. And anybody from Michigan, we're sorry in advance. Sorry. We have a thing that we do. <laughs> oh, that's great. So yes, we are practically neighbors in that's Ohio. Right. 
And, you know, I, I, I wanted to ask you, I have so many questions I want to ask you, but I wanted to ask you about your life in Ohio. So talk to us a little bit about who you are as a person and where specifically you're located in Ohio. Okay. So we are located in Northeast Central Ohio, which I believe is like all directions in one. But basically what that means is we are about an hour and a half south of Cleveland. We are about an hour and a half east of Columbus. So if I'm, I am also a, a former teacher, so it's kind of like a, a perpendicular line. So Cleveland and Columbus is over here and we're sort of in the middle of that. But we are also about an hour and a half away from Pittsburgh. So within now, if you expand that out to three hours down to where you are in Cincinnati, there's over 14 million people in metropolitan areas that are within three hours of us. Now, our community is a more rural community, although we're very close to the highway, which has been very helpful for us, for our guests finding us very easy. So we are in more of a farming community. We are on the edge of Amish country, which does have a well-established tourism industry, but we focus more on large homes for multi-generational families. And that goes back to who I am. I am a business owner. I'm the owner and founder of Your Family's Place. But my most important job is that I'm a mom. I have six kids. They're still on the younger side. Uh, my oldest is 13. The youngest is two. And for all of you boy moms out there, I had five boys in nine years. Oh, God. <laughs> Those stars are permanent. So after five boys in a row, I, that's it. I, I was good. <laughs> I had a handful of boys. And yeah. uh, so six kids is our number. And not only do I own and manage your family's place and all of our properties, I also homeschool our children. I uh, was a uh, I have a master's in secondary science education. And what that means is that I was a high school science teacher. And when we started a family, I stayed home with our kids. And when they became school age, we decided as a family that homeschooling at that time and continues to be today the right path for us because we really value our independence and to be able to help our kids explore topics that they are most interested in. And so that's that's our life is we have our company, Your Family's Place, and my husband also works for the company, and we work together to also homeschool our six kids. Well, that could be a podcast episode in and of itself right there. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I might have to ask you about that because I've always thought that families who homeschool their kiddos those moms are super special, you know, because I, I hate to say this, but there were often times when my kids were growing up and they would come to me with homework and I would be like, honey, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how to teach you this, right? Because they were things, very different things, especially like the methodologies for teaching math are very different than, you know, the methodologies we learned growing up. But I would find myself feeling anxious, you know, sometimes about this awesome responsibility to help them with their homework, but I didn't feel like I was cutting the mustard. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, I think I certainly I certainly have an advantage because I have a degree in education and specifically it's in secondary science. And usually science and math is where people feel the most anxiety. But since I already had that background, that certainly helped me. My husband has a computer science degree, so he also had a lot of advanced math as part of his degree. So I think from that respect, we were really set up for it. But in many ways, I think homeschooling is like many other things where if you're committed to it, you're going to do the work, you're going to do the research, and you're going to put the time in to make it what you want it to be. So I, I home, homeschooled with lots of different families whose parents had lots of different backgrounds. And some of them were lawyers and some of them were nurses and some of them had a high school diploma. That didn't really indicate their homeschool success, whatever that means. It's the work you're willing to put into it. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. Are you a business owner or manager aiming to scale your property portfolio? Well, we have got something exciting for you. Our friends over at Hostfully put together this brand new free ebook on that very topic. Hostfully is the go-to software that managers and business owners use to run their operations. So what does this have to do with your growth? Well, Hostfully sees how some of the fastest growing short-term rental operators succeed and over the last year have been compiling and distilling these strategies into actionable insights that anyone can implement. So whether you're currently managing a single property or a few, and if you want to scale, Hostfully's free ebook is tailored to your journey. I can't believe they lay it all out like this. Honestly, this is a resource I wish I would have had when I started my STR journey a few years back. So if you're ready to take your property management game to the next level, head over to www.hostfully.com slash sisterhood and download their ebook today. It is totally free. And on top of that, they're offering STR Sisterhood listeners a sweet deal on some of their software to help supercharge your growth. Don't miss out, my friends. Get the ebook and nab the deal while it's live by going to www.hostfully.com slash sisterhood. With that same premise, the work you're willing to put into it. Let's talk about your short-term rental journey. I'm sure as a mother of six, um, you know, balancing things can be challenging at times, but I'm certainly not going to put words in your mouth. I'm curious, how did you even get started in this? What took you onto the path of opening this short-term rental business? Yeah. So if you have listened to any of my other podcast episodes, you will uh, you will know the story of my husband doing something very shocking. And it was actually back in 2017 when we got started. And at that time, I was what felt like 12 months pregnant with our fifth child. And at the end of any pregnancy, and anybody who's been pregnant can understand this, the only thing that is going through your brain is when is this baby going to get out of me? (laughs) There is no choice in your brain for anything. There are no other thoughts that can enter your brain at that time. That was when my husband told me, hey, there's this property coming up for auction, and I think we should buy it. Wow. 
we were not in real estate. He was working in a totally different industry, although he was trying to figure out how to exit that industry. But it wasn't, it wasn't real estate. <laughs> and again, the only thing that I am capable of thinking at that moment is, when is this baby going to come? <laughs> so I told him, no, this is not what we do. I am not interested in this. All I can think about is when I'm going to have this baby. Wow. And so he did something quite shocking and he bought it at auction and then didn't tell me about it. Hallelujah. O-M-G. It's a very bold move. <laughs> yes. In his defense, the auction, this was back when real estate was dead. And I'm sure you remember that time period where nothing sold ever. And so this property did end up selling for half what we had predicted it would sell. So he bought it. And then the next day is when I had the baby. And he thought, this is probably not a good time to break the news to her that I bought 20 acres with a pond and a house that needs a total gut job. In <laughs> it's probably not the right time. Uh, so, so I have so yeah. many questions about this. <laughs> yes, there was, I will say now, I don't want to sound like I'm throwing my husband under the bus because my husband is a fabulous husband. And here's the thing. He was right about the property. He knew it was special. And if we had not have bought that, I don't know whether you and I would be sitting here today. Yeah. So I'm going to say he was right. But again, that was just not a good time for me. <laughs> Okay. Yes. So if any listener is out there and thinking it's a good idea to buy a property and not tell your spouse about it, we no. are not advocating that. No. no. So like, our real estate agent is also our friend. Cause again, we live in a small town, like everybody knows everybody. So I had actually ran into our real estate agent at a Christmas party six weeks later. And she said to me, we're closing on the property tomorrow. And I said, excuse me, what? <laughs> oh my God. Six weeks. Okay. Wait. All right. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> So I was thinking maybe he told you a couple of days after you had the baby. Nope. He made it six weeks until our real estate agent told me she, there was now those of you who know me know that I, I'm a bold person, but I also don't suffer fools. And so when everybody around us found out about this, they were, they were, there was a lot of shock. <laughs> there was a lot of shock because my, this is very uncharacteristic for my husband. And this is not the kind of thing that happens in my life. <laughs> this is not the kind of thing that happens in my life. But one thing that a lot of people don't know and that I actually have not talked about yet on any of the podcasts is that two years prior to that, my husband had been in a very bad car accident and he was actually on his way to a work conference and he was hit head on at full speed. He was severely injured, but the injury to his brain was the worst. And as a consequence of that, he actually had, he had a concussion, but he actually had amnesia and he didn't know who he was. He didn't know anything. Um, and so while he was um, able to get out of the car and they got him to the hospital, he wasn't able to tell anybody who he was or how to get a hold of anyone. Oh, wow. Um, and so that's actually a story that I elaborate more on in the book that we are both in, because I'm in the next edition. So if you want to hear more about that, I kind of elaborate more in, into that story that my husband had 
this really terrible injury. And it took the, it took the hospital many hours of detective work to find out who he was and then to track me down. Holy yes. So let me pause really quick and say, obviously for anyone listening, I shouldn't say obviously, but she's referring to the hospitable hosts book Yes. and the new edition is coming out spring 2023. And so that is a story that you are sharing in that book. I yes. love that. Yes. And so I kind of tell that story about how my husband was in this car accident and then the consequences of that. And sometimes we like to have this neat and tidy story. Like he was in a car accident. There was this big revelation. And now I do short term rentals. That's not how the world works. Okay. The world is not so neat and tidy. But one of the things that my husband said to me when I, when they eventually figured out who he was, figured out how to get a hold of me, and he was away at a work conference, I had to travel to where he was. He has no memories at all of this time. But one of the things that he said to me while he was still in the hospital was, I can't die on the way to work, a work conference. I can't. This can't be my story. Hmm. And so, that was sort of the beginning of we have to pivot. And my partner, who I love so much that at the time we had four kids, he's broken. And I need to kick my superpowers into high gear because our family needs rescue. Mm -hmm. We need to go on a different path. And at the time of the car accident, we didn't know what that path was. And he, he, we discussed about a lot of different things in that intervening time. And when he actually bought the property and didn't told tell me, I initially thought that was the concussion because sometimes people that have a lot of um, brain trauma can do things that are unpredictable. So that was sort of my first response was, oh gosh, here's the concussion, you know, two years later. But he, he made that decision. It was a bold one, but we worked together as a team to turn that into the success that we wanted to have for our family. That's amazing. What an amazing story. So I, I want to dive into that a little bit about how you work together as a team. So l let me just r recap. You find out from the realtor that mm -hmm. you're going to close on this property the following day. I yes. just have to know, like, what was the conversation like on the way home? It went like this. We're going to go to therapy. <laughs> that was what it was. We're going to therapy. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to divorce you over this because again, I thought maybe the, this was sort of the repercussions of the concussion and the car mm -hmm. accident. But I said, you have done something that was a violation of our trust. I'm not going to leave you, but we're going to therapy. Mm -hmm. And that was, and that was what we did. And we talked about it and, you know, we, we worked through it as I knew that we would. And mm -hmm. I know that we are actually stronger as a couple because of that. So Again, it was shocking, but that conversation on the way home went like that. We're going yeah. to therapy. <laughs> Short and sweet. All right. So let me ask you, you knew you needed rescue. You knew that maybe as you and your husband started working together on this property, that this could be potentially transformational for you. Mm -hmm. How did that realization come to you? Like, when did you start really leaning into it and going, wow, mm -hmm. this is incredible. And I love this too. Yes. Well, first of all, we love to travel because I don't think anybody's going to say, I hate traveling. We love to travel. But the problem that we have is that we are a large family. Plus we have a dog. And so finding a large property that's also pet friendly is very difficult. 
we start, we, I renovated the, the cabin. It was also on a private lake. And there was something incredibly special about being on your own private lake back in the woods. And our guests were telling us like, this is amazing. Oh, I've never stayed any place like this because I was trying to put together the home in a way that it would be comfortable for our big family. So the problem that we identified rather early on was that the house was small and small houses don't make as much money. So we needed to find a strategy that allowed us the freedom of time doing this job that we really enjoyed doing, but was gonna make us more money. And the answer for us was big homes. Because we are a big family, we always have a hard time, again, finding a big place. And we also spend a lot of money to stay in these big homes when we do go on vacation. So we went back to our real estate agent, who's still our friend, and she had found this property that was also close to us. It was a log home. It was on 15 acres because we like to have that privacy around our homes. It was big enough that we could fit 14 people in. We purchased that property. We renovated it. And we started renting it and seeing the difference in income we could make with a big property versus a small property said that that told us this is it. This is what we want to do. This gives us freedom of time. It also is providing the income that we need. We need to I hate to say scale up because people always talk about scaling up. We need to grow our business to the point that we are making the income that we want for our lifestyle that allows us to take care of our guests in the way that we want. And, you know, we work on creative things, but we also have time to do what we want to do for our family. So that was when we made the decision to focus on big homes, on big acreage. And by big acreage, I know people have different ideas about this, but here in Ohio, Bigger acreage to me means 15 acres or more. Mm -hmm. So our smallest home accommodates 14 and is on 15 acres. We then started building because we like to have a very certain layout that we think works really well for our guests. We hired an architect to design the homes that we are building now. We built the cottage at Maple Pond on that original property where the lake is. And the financial return on that has been tremendous. So we are actually right now finishing up construction on our third local property. That one is 32 private acres. It's about 5,000 square feet of finished home. And we should be able to accommodate up to 23 people there. So that that is really, we focused on what was going to be the most profitable for us, which meant the most to us as a big family. And then we, we went for it. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you have obviously the firsthand experience of what a big family needs because you have a big family. So yes. you can identify with your target audience. I'm curious to hear your perspective because The largest property I personally own is five bedrooms and, you know, our, my immediate family, it's my husband and I am, we have two boys. I'm curious from your perspective, what types of things are important for large families? Yeah. So again, focusing on the idea that there's going to be kids, parents, and grandparents all in the same space. So starting with kids, your design has to be thoughtful. So sometimes when we see a property that's labeled as kid-friendly, that's code for not as nice. 
just because a property is kid-friendly doesn't mean that it has, doesn't have beautiful design, nice furniture and all of that kind of stuff. One of the things that I did just because my own kids are in our homes, there's no breakable nicky-nacky things everywhere. Our guests and all guests, they are bringing stuff into your homes. You don't need to pre-fill your homes with extra stuff. So whenever we have a decor element, a piece of furniture or anything like that, I have very specific guidelines that I'm looking for so that it's kid-friendly. Like for a console, a table console unit, it has to go all the way to the floor so there's no dust underneath. It needs to have doors, not open shelves, but those doors cannot be glass. And yeah. so so I like I have these design you know, structures that I follow when I'm setting up our properties so that parents can feel relaxed that their kids aren't going to go around breaking things. Yeah. 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 So now when we're talking about parents, you know, so those are the people bringing the kids. They want to have the baby equipment there. They want to have lots of flexible sleeping options so that their kids can get the best sleep possible on vacation. They also are doing a lot of cooking. If they're bringing a big family, chances are they're cooking. You cannot put junky secondhand used kitchen equipment in your rental. You just can't do it. Mm -hmm. People are going to know that these are your discards that you just dumped here. You need to have top quality new or almost new stuff in your kitchen because people are cooking, they use it and they know whether it's nice or not. Amen to that. Yes. So now you also have that third generation. You have the grandparents, the great grandparents. Those people might have more mobility concerns. So are you having wide doors? Do you have a low threshold shower so that an older person can get in and out of the shower easily? So it's those kinds of things. I'm trying to span the spectrum of ages. How do I make it safe and fun for kids? How do I make it easy for the parents like me who are in the middle? How do I make it accommodating for older people that might have mobility concerns? Yeah, that's really, really interesting. And, you know, it's, it's, I love the fact that you are systematically approaching each age group and touching on what is important to them, even with your design specs or your furniture specs. That's, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. I'm curious too, on top of all of this, you are pet friendly. Is that accurate? We are also pet friendly. We have a dog ourselves who we want to take on vacation. My sister has a dog. So when we're traveling, we're traveling with our pets. And I know that there are lots of other families that feel that way about their pets. And so we, we not only are pets, we don't welcome pets. We, we encourage people to bring them because if someone can have a great vacation with their dog, that is a cornerstone to a future repeat guest. And we all know the real goldmine in vacation rentals are those repeat guests. Mm -hmm. People have a place they can bring their dog. They're having a good time. We have a little doggy welcome basket. We have the dishes. We have the cleanup bags. We have towels for cleaning up. We have blankets for the couches or the beds. That's the key to getting that pet friendly person, that person with a dog, to keep coming back. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Now I'm curious too, with your kiddos, the fact that you homeschool, I'm imagining that somehow you've got to interweave your property business, your short-term rental business with 
teaching your kids valuable lessons? How do those intersect each other? Absolutely. So one of the things that everybody needs to work out for themselves and for their family is how you're going to organize your time. Everybody has time that needs that and everybody's time is valuable. My husband's time is not more valuable than mine. We both have a finite amount. And so on the weekends, we actually make a schedule for the week of what's happening which day and who's doing what. So while I say I homeschool the kids, it's not just me. My husband is part of that as well. So there are days like this morning where I had a meeting with our electrician at, at the construction site. So my husband was in charge of school this morning. This afternoon, he was fixing a hot tub problem at one of our properties. I did the afternoon school and he was fixing the hot tub problem at the property. So the, the key to that is good communication, organizing your schedule because you are in charge of your schedule. You get to decide where and how you spend your time, but it's also respecting everybody's time is equally valuable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite calendar app that you like to use or is it a written out schedule? How do you do the logistics of the, of the schedule? We do have, we do use a Google calendar just on our phones, but when we do like our daily schedule of each day, I make a spreadsheet. It's a spreadsheet in Excel. And and I'm sure that there's lots of calendar apps and scheduling apps, but for us, it's simple and easy. It's free and it works for us. You don't always have to have a, a fancy solution. It's simple. It's easy. It's free. And that works for us. I love that. Leave it to the teacher to break out one of those spreadsheets. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Make spreadsheet. Okay. So I want to switch gears a tad bit. Sure. And I want to ask you about something that I noticed about your website, which um, is beautifully put together. Looks like by the Boostly team. It's a Boostly website. I am a book direct person. Shout out to Mark and he'll be glad to know that we talked about him. That's right. Um, Yeah. And yeah, I really believe strongly in the book direct I actually just listened to an interview. I think Steve Milo did it with Will Slickers. And Steve Milo said, if you don't have your own website, you don't have your own business. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I think a lot of hosts need to hear and take seriously. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that jumped out to me on your website is that you have a page dedicated to media and you have several articles that you've been featured in. Yes. I want to, I want to find out first of all, how that happened. I'm sure it wasn't just luck that you were featured in these articles. So talk to us a little bit about how that came to life, how you've connected with these writers that have featured you. Yeah. So I actually, I'm going to tell you that I did not come up with the idea myself. I actually got this information from a thanks for visiting episode with Emily, who's actually going to be at your conference coming up. Yeah, um, Emily's episode on Thanks for Visiting talked about how she got media interest in her properties to get away upstate. Um, I listened to that episode and then I listened to it again. And then I said, well, I can do this. And so this, this is what I did. And she kind of laid this sort of out in her episode. And if anybody hasn't listened to it, then you should. I came up and this is something that Mark also talks about in his book, Direct Playbook, is I did a lot of Google searches. And so I pretended to be me or my ideal guest. And I did lots of Google searches for, you know, Ohio family rentals, Ohio vacation rentals, Ohio Airbnbs, Ohio family friendly Airbnbs, like all of those combinations. Mm -hmm. 
I noted what was on the first page of Google, what websites were coming up. And I'm not talking about Airbnb, Verbo, TripAdvisor. Like, I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about blogs, newspaper articles that were covering those kinds of things. I made a list of those. Um, and so after you do that, you know, 10 or 15 times, you're starting to see these same sites come up over and over again. So once you have that list of maybe like 10 or 15 um, websites, travel blogs, influencers that you're seeing come up over and over again, I then uh, crafted an email explaining who I was and what interesting thing I had to offer. It was a pitch email and I tailored it to each person or news, news desk that I was sending it to and I sent them all out. That was how our properties were listed on Territory Supply. That was how I got an interview with Susan Glasser of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, because she was already in the process of writing an article about how to find a vacation rental. And here I was saying, I am an expert in vacation rentals. We had a great interview and there's that article. It's not glamorous. Like these people are not going to come and knock on your email and say, hey, can I please add you to my list? One of the things that I have learned is that you need to ask for exactly what you want. I want to be on your podcast. I want to be on your list. I want you to interview me. You need to ask for exactly what you want. That's how you get it. And so that is, that's an important thing. Sometimes we like to beat around the bush. I want to be in hospitable hosts. I'm going to ask for exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be interviewed by you. I'm going to ask exactly for that. Yeah. That's great advice. Great advice for sure. And so when you post those articles that have been written about you on your media page, I'm just giving you feedback from an outsider looking in, it automatically gives you credibility, yeah. right? It automatically tells me as a potential guest of yours, wow, this person really knows what they're talking about if they're featured in the media I need to stay here. So mm -hmm. I think it is such a brilliant strategy and not that it's not genuine. It absolutely is genuine. But from a booking perspective, I think it's a brilliant strategy to get people to go that I found our place. And I think it also helps with that book direct argument, because I think that there is some education that needs to be done on the guest side. Why should I trust booking direct with you? I feel like I am safer or more secure on an OTA, those kinds of things help to build your credibility so that somebody feels even more comfortable booking direct with you. Absolutely. Such good stuff. Yeah. One of the things that I learned from my email blast was I had sent an email to a, a travel influencer and this person in response sent me her media kit. I didn't actually end up being featured in her blog. But I saw her media kit and I said, well, I need one of those. Yeah. I went on Canva and I made myself one. And I have used that so many times, like before I go on a podcast, when I'm trying to introduce myself to somebody, hey, I have a media kit that tells all about me, about our company. And it's that level of professionality. Is it hard to do? No, it's not. How long did it take? Maybe a half hour. And I use it over and over and over again. And it gives you that higher level of professionality and credibility where everybody's trying to get that attention. I have a media kit. It's just me. I made it myself in Canva. You guys can do that too. Yeah. Love that. I love it. I love it. 
All right. I want to move to what I call the lightning round. I feel like I need some music eventually that's like lightning round or something. But for now, I'm just going to say we're going to the lightning round. And I'm going to ask you to just answer these questions with the very first thing that comes to your mind. Okay. All right. They're not too scary. First question is, where is your favorite place to vacation? Oh, Northern Michigan. I'm around Sleeping Bear Dunes. I'm a close second is also Northern Michigan over in Sheboygan. Mm, yeah. Very good. I don't want anybody else to know about that, though. It's getting too busy. Yeah. Don't anybody else go there. <laughs> I'm surprised that an Ohio girl is saying Michigan. Okay. Yeah. It's the white sand beach. If you could just imagine um, palm trees, it's like you're in the Caribbean. But it's becoming very popular, and some of our quiet little beaches are getting awfully full. So may Uh-oh. switch over to the Lake Huron side, where it's a little quieter over there. <laughs> All righty. And what is one place you've never been that you want to visit? So I've never been to England or to London, but we are actually going to take our children there this spring. As part of, we're going to go to the Shorties Award and for the launch over in London. My husband and I decided to be really, really crazy. And we're going to go there because I've never been to London before. And I'm, I'm like an amateur history buff. So this is like, this is a big deal for me. So we're actually going to go there and we're going to take all six kids. It's going to be crazy. It, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> and yeah, between the ages of two and 13, correct? Yes. Girl, I'm going to say a little prayer for you. <laughs> yeah, I told Jody Sterling about it and she's like, oh, you're very brave. <laughs> you're very brave. <laughs> That is fun. You'll love London though. It is, it's such a neat city. Yeah. Such a neat city. Okay. What is one thing you know now that you wished you knew when you were starting out in short-term rentals? This is going to sound a little trite, but that I know just as much as the people that I'm looking up to, that they have stuff that I can definitely learn from them, but I am just as capable of executing these things as they were. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we look at folks that are farther along in their career and think that there was something magical that happened. It's not how it works. It's hard work. And Mm -hmm. I know now that I have just as much knowledge, talent, skill, whatever, as these folks that are farther along in their career. Yeah. I love that you're saying that because I think sometimes it's easy for people to look at others and go, oh, they're just lucky. They just happen to know someone or whatever the case might be, but it is, it's hard work. And for someone who's maybe farther, it's just, they've probably been in it longer, right? Everyone, we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. And I had a coach tell me years and years and years ago that you exploit your strengths and you do whatever you can to hide your weaknesses. That doesn't mean sweep them under the carpet. It means build a team of people around you who can support you in areas that you're not strong. So I love that. I, I'm just a, just a little homeschool mom from central Ohio, but I know just as much as them and I can build just as profitable and successful a company here as they are in other places. Yeah. I love that mindset. All right. What is the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Well, this was something from a friend of mine who also has a big family and is a little bit farther along in her parenting journey. Her kids are all grown. She's starting to become a grandmother, um, but she also homeschooled her kids. Um, She had a couple um, rentals on the side, Um, but she said to me, and this is 
a common one, but the, the days are long, but the years are short. And to hear that from somebody who was on the other side of her parenting journey and also knowing her kids and how fabulous her kids were, this is somebody that I needed to listen to. And she's still someone I go to for advice about things because she's an amazing person. Her kids are amazing adults, all of them. So she has she has stuff I need to listen to. So when you know the when the kids are little and my kids are still little, it can feel very overwhelming. And sometimes you're like, I'm never gonna miss this phase, but that's that's really not true. Like my oldest, my youngest is two and I already, I miss it. And she was on the other side of that spectrum telling me that. And I'm like, I need to remember that these times right now are the good old days. And I'm going to look back at them and, and wish that I had them back again. Yeah, that is great advice. Great advice. All right. What is one thing and or person that you're grateful for today? My grandmother was a very important person in my life. She was a tiny little old lady, uh, but she was, she was very tiny, um, but she never lost her temper. She loved us unconditionally, no matter what. She always supported all the crazy things that we wanted to do. And she never thought that we were like, she never thought that we were too much or anything like that. She was a child of the depression. And so her favorite adjective for herself was frugal. You know, she came on grandparents day and we were talking adjectives. What's your adjective? It's frugal. But she was just kind of that like no nonsense person that I really wish that I could have a conversation with today mm-hmm. because I think she would just be blown away with where our family is and, and what we're doing in life. And it's one of those persons I wish that I could wish I could have lunch with her again. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. I know there, my mom was an integral part of my life and she passed away several years ago, but what's interesting, and I don't know if you ever have this with your, with your grandmother, but I have dreams about my mom in today, like my life today with my mom. And I think that's uh, just the good Lord somehow satisfying my need to, or my desire to, to see my mom again. But that's what we say. We say, great Betty visited me last night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. But she always, she loved to travel. And I think that she was really the beginning of that for our family. She had one of those huge United States maps with the push pins everywhere. Back when her and my grandfather were newly married, they lived in Cleveland. They actually, they built a tandem bike and biked all the way to Toronto. Oh my gosh. I know. Like just because they wanted to go to Toronto. So like, that's what they did. So that kind of like that travel bug, no matter what, we were we were going to go. So they built a bike and biked all the way there. I'm thinking about how sore my buns are going to be biking yeah. that long. <laughs> yeah, she said that was the last time we were ever doing that. <laughs> That's great. Rose, I'm curious if anyone is listening to this and wants to get in touch with you, what is the best place for them to reach you online? Yes. So our website is your family's place because we want to be your family's go-to place for vacation. You can always email me at rose at your family's place. I answer that email. I also do all of our social media. One of our guests asked that. I'm like, yeah, it's me. I do all the social media. So we are on um, Instagram, Facebook at your family's place and feel free to give us a follow because I'm asking for what I want. I want you to follow us and uh, you'll feel free to send me a message on there. I love that. Rose, thank you so much for being with us. What a cool conversation. And I'm excited to see what you do next. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Now, before you go, 
I want to give a quick shout out to some of the amazing women inside the Female Short-Term Rental Investors Facebook group. You know it, girl. Just yesterday, as of the time of this recording, Karina Shields posted, what do you get your cleaner for Christmas or the end of year bonus? And we had 42 women chime in so far and share their perspective. I've seen everything from cash. We've got folks that are you know, giving $300 bonuses, $500 bonuses. Uh, Christy Hinton said she gives $200 cash. Holly Ferreira says, I pay a two and a half times clean bonus. So whatever she pays for cleaning, she pays two and a half times that as a year end or Christmas bonus. OMG, but Melanie Sims says, I bought my cleaner a cruise. Wow, Melanie, I mean, I might need to start cleaning for you, girl. <laughs> Oh, wait a minute. She says, my cleaner is me <laughs> and I'm looking forward to the cruise. That is awesome, Melanie. I love it. Have a blast on that cruise. Now I need to know where you're going. Okay. So send me a message and let me know where you're headed to. But great, great stuff. If you haven't joined that Facebook group, I'm going to encourage you to do so. There are 50,000 women in there who eat, sleep, breathe, and talk short-term rentals every day. And I absolutely love it. Okay, that's it for now. I hope you have an amazing week and I'll see you soon. Hey sister, thanks for listening to the podcast. I wanted to let you know about a free resource my team is providing, the STR Success Blueprint Strategy Session. If you're looking to take your STR business to the next level, or heck, even just get it started, this free one-on-one -on -one is something you won't want to miss. You'll discover new tools for your STR business and outline an action plan that will help you achieve your goals and reverse engineer your STR success. This session is your chance to get the help you need to succeed. Schedule your free STR Success Blueprint strategy session right now by visiting stacystjohn.com backslash success.